The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Elijah is back from the Rocky Mountains. Greg Smith is coming up. He was at the Warren Academy Showcase this weekend. A lot of top talent there. Steve Warren, one of our favorites. And he has done such amazing things for the community and for athletes. So... We'll get caught up. Uh, the recruiting showcase. Greg Smith there for that. His takeaways uh, from it coming up here shortly. It is a Monday with Charlie. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride joins us. And uh, plenty of room for you today. 5865. Those are the numbers to get in. Give us uh, an email, chris at hailvarsity.com. Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And as always, follow ESPN Lincoln and at Hale Varsity. Both those handles on Twitter get you all the sports and Husker news you need. So. Uh, I was hoping to talk a lot about football today. We still may dive into some NFL and some Nebraska football-related topics. But the news of the day is Major League Baseball and the Miami Marlins and their coronavirus outbreak. What does it mean for baseball the rest of the year? What does it mean for sports? Because we're awaiting word this week. What's the Big Ten going to decide to do? Officially, what's their position? What's their statement? Will there be movement forward and a reshuffled schedule that the Big Ten will put out? Yes, is supposed to be the answer. Do we get that? Or based on what Major League Baseball may do, and they could cancel the rest of the season. That's like the nuclear option. They could just say, oops, this was bad. It got really worse by some decision-making from the Florida Marlins players via a group text. I'll tell you that story in a minute. And then every other sport's going to freak. And and here's my thing. I look at what college football has done. I look at what Nebraska has done. I look at what Notre Dame has done. I look at what other leagues have done and they've they put a bubble together all right i mean are you gonna have the occasional strip club uh wings run from an nba player apparently but for the most part there's a bubble it's confined you're uh not in iran as as uh homeboy from oklahoma city put it last week we're not in iran mate <laughs> Stephen adams 
there are worse things to be placed and located in than, than Disney World. The NBA is like, look, we're going to spend a lot of money. We're going to put you in a bubble. We're going to have hub cities for the NHL. If I'm the NFL, I am, I am, I am going to really think hard about a bubble because they don't have one. They're just threatening fines, and nobody gets to keep their money in the NFL anyway, so there's that. But college football has dealt with this. They've been cautious. If you look at Rutgers and you look at Michigan State, business as usual for Nebraska. Notre Dame's only had a couple of positive tests. They've taken over an entire hotel. All right? And and, and they're progressing. I don't want... Today's news from baseball to damage any hope of college football. And you know, if Rob Manfred crawls out from wherever he's hiding and says, oh, we're done, then the the remnants of that will be awful. If you're a college football fan, if you're potentially an NFL fan, so I hope it's not reactionary per what one league does. And quite honestly, this is not your model for how you're supposed to deal, live, and navigate COVID. Major League Baseball is not your model. It wasn't your model when it came to negotiations. It wasn't your model when trying to get things started. It wasn't your model with uh, millionaires fighting billionaires while folks are losing their jobs. So here is what happened. You have... A total of 14 Marlins positive for COVID. Two coaches, 12 players. This is what happened in Philadelphia. You have the mother of all COVID MLB outbreaks. The Marlins learned Sunday that their starting pitcher for that afternoon and two other players had tested positive for COVID. They get tests every day and would be unable to play. You have an apparent coronavirus outbreak was underway in the visiting clubhouse at Citizens Bank, and the Marlins responded by asking their shortstop to determine if the game against Philly would be played. They asked a player to make a call. Don Mattingly, Donnie Baseball said, look, shortstop's kind of the captain of the team. Miguel Rojas. So what did he do? He group texted the rest of his teammates. What do you want to do? Do you want to go play? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go play. So despite people having a positive test, with other tests pending, because in the 113-page COVID guideline book for Major League Baseball, it doesn't say if you're waiting on results, you can't play, which is idiotic. Major League Baseball didn't want to go into a bubble because they didn't want to be away from family, which I get, kind of. That's just me and my family. Talking immediate, I'm talking uh, uh, my wife and kid. They didn't give a damn if I'm there or not. (laughs) But in all seriousness, the, the, the temperatures in Texas and in Florida and Arizona, it's going to be too hot, too stifling. They didn't want to go to the spring training locations. And quite honestly, those are three of the worst states you could choose from a COVID standpoint. So there was no hub. There was no bubble for Major League Baseball players. The group text was responded to. 
and, and the Marlins, their mentality is, hey, we're going to go play. We're going to go play hard. We're going to go play well. And they played despite the fact that 40% of their team has now got COVID-19. And things went along the way they went along, and the Marlins flew from Philly to Atlanta. The breaks were thankfully uh, hit, and the Marlins are paused as we speak. Philly and the Yanks are canceled. What a mess. What a absolute mess. What lack of leadership. And I, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. I want to I want to know how this was contracted. If they're not in a bubble, are they did did the starting pitcher have room service delivered and the guy who delivered room service did he have it? I I'm asking, I don't know. But give me the real E true Hollywood story on how this happened. Guys out clubbing are Folks masking up knows the answer. That's not a there's not a mask mandate in Major League Baseball. Some wear it, some don't. You're within the, the confines of a visiting clubhouse. You're on a a team that travels. Things will spread, just like you've heard about the infamous flu game for Nebraska football against Texas in the initial Big Twelve championship game. I'm not surprised by this, but I hope and pray that, that better precautions and choices, if it came down to, I'm not going to stay in my room away from people. I hope this sends a lightning bolt to other players in baseball where you need to stay in. You, you're on a 60-day death march here, no pun intended, of do your job, get paid, prorated, and go play baseball. You've decided to do that. This I hope this does not nuke every other sport wanting to get back into it i mean we've talked for a while i mean positive tests are expected within teams it's gonna happen it's gonna happen we've seen it now with the marlins the the bigger question now is what's gonna happen going forward have any phillies tested positive or any phillies going to test positive how does it mess up the phillies season because then they have 60 games when you're out two weeks now because you have to self-quarantine and and get those negative tests you're not gonna be down a whole bunch of games how is that going to be affected um so it's not a death sentence for other sports because this has been expected. It's kind of what's the fallout for this going to well, be? Well, the, the handling of it though, and and the that fact, the, the point of it is, is you don't ask your starting shortstop if we're going to play or not when you've got your starting pitcher that tested positive. Why did he say yes? Because he felt okay, or because he didn't want to get shortchanged his prorated money? I mean, what's what's the motive? If your team's sick or you're, you're waiting pending tests like you are, it's okay to hit pause. And you, until you have a negative test result and you're cleared to go play, then it should be on hold. That's why they get tested every freaking day. And it comes down to behavior choices too, potentially. Flat out, what are you doing to make sure you don't catch this or come into interaction with somebody else who may or may not know they have it. And again, if you're in a bubble, it's controlled, and, and that needs to be a reality moving forward for sports, period, if you want to play ball, whatever the ball is, is there's got to be a bubble. It's idiotic not to have it. You're trusting 
humans to to be smart. And while the majority are, some aren't. Or it's unintentional and it's passed along. Jeff Passon has weighed in here. And he's awaiting uh, what the rest of us are awaiting here. And that's Rob Manfred's response to this. It's going to be interesting to see how Rob Manfred, the commissioner, handles this today. He has to come out and address this and address this not just for the Miami Marlins, but address this for the sport writ large. What does this mean? And because in their 113 page operations manual that has all kinds of protocols in place, there is nothing in there that talks about how to handle a situation like this where you have an outbreak of 12 players and two coaches, one of this size. What there is is something that says the commissioner has the discretion if the competitive integrity of the game is impugned to pause or shut down the season. And this is something that's really threatening the competitive integrity at very least of the National League East Division right now and potentially the entirety of Major League Baseball. You have the Phillies that got to be freaked out and and tested. You have the Marlins that are dealing with this. That's two teams in one division. And you're playing a majority of your 60 games, 40 of which are against your own division. And from a competitive integrity standpoint, you've got your your 30 backups that can come in and, and fill in. You've got that reserve ready to go but in the same as <laughs> you're starting 25 or 30 uh this is really bad for baseball can they deal with it learn from it be better for it this is the worst case scenario coming to life in the first weekend of the season let's remember just a couple of days ago there were all the good feelings of opening day and what a baseball season could mean. And now Rob Manfred, the commissioner, has the question, do we even continue with this? And if so, how do we prevent something like this from happening again? Because it started with one player testing positive about 72 hours ago. Then yesterday, three more players tested positive. And when the tests were done last night on the rest of the club, eight of them came back positive among the players. That is 40% of their roster. Dave Martinez, the uh, Nats manager, he is absolutely concerned. He was concerned going into the season. Uh, It has gotten worse or bigger, or there's a higher level of concern based on what happened with the Marlins. My level of concern went from about an 8 to a 12. Um, I mean, this thing really can... You know, it hits home now that, you know, you've seen, you know, half a team, you know, get infected and, and uh, go from one city to another. So um, I got friends on the, on that Miami team, and it really stinks. Man, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, to see those guys go down like that, you know, it's not good for, for them. It's not good for anybody. You know, I got guys in our clubhouse that are con- really concerned as, as well. And uh, for me, this is – this is my family, you know, and I, I worry about these guys. I worry about everybody around us. I don't want anybody to get sick. So this is definitely um, a big concern, you know. Um, Huge concern. We'll see how baseball handles it. We'll see what their decision is moving forward. If they punt the whole thing or if they get a little bit stricter with their protocols and enforcement of protocols 
and I'd like to know where it was picked up and transmitted. I mean, you're, you're, there, there is contact tracing going on. I mean, the Marlins were in Atlanta. They were in a hotel in Atlanta briefly before they turned around and headed back. I mean, that's people, that's workers, that's moms and dads that trying to do their thing, be back at work in the service industry, okay? So is it a behavior thing or is it just this stupid virus infecting? Because I truly believe you can, you can, you can put a lot of work in at trying not to catch this and it may still not matter. But you can put zero work in and sure as hell catch it. I mean, it's bad for college football going forward, too. I know we're running up into a break here, but, man, if you, it looks like MLB should have been playing in a bubble. This happened first weekend. College football can't play in a bubble. Three games in. No, but the players, the point is, is college football's at least been in a bubble. Major League Baseball didn't want to jack with that. We'll talk recruiting here. Greg Smith on the way. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could... Listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Okay, we are going to talk to you about Levante David's garbage ranking and rating coming up. I'm not sure if he's wearing a Levante David jersey, but he could be. Greg Smith with us, recruiting insider. HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Greg Smith HV. Yes or no on the Levante jersey? Uh, no, on the Levante jersey, but it's under consideration if I could get one in the sweet creamsicle. Ah, you want the you want the throwback uh, Broderick Thomas? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the those, the, those the Vinny cool. Interceptive Verdi. <laughs> yes, or the Doug Williams era. Doug Williams <laughs> led him to the playoffs at least. He did. Just name a team, and Vinny played for him, so you'd have a no, good I know, but Vinny Vinny led the league in nose hair and teams, didn't he? <laughs> He did. All right, man. How was how was the Warren Academy showcase? Uh, Steve's a friend of the show, and man, Steve's awesome. Excited that he's doing so well, not only with his Dream Foundation, but the Warren Academy and all the training he puts in. You and Dr. Petey were on hand. Who is the poor dude trying to cover Fedoni? Tell me that. <laughs> so that was an interesting uh, situation. As I did tell Derek at one point, I was like, you know, it's funny. When Fedoni walks up there uh, to take his reps, you know, the defenders aren't as quick to step up <laughs> as they are when other guys come up to the line. Uh, I kind of understand why. He basically kind of embarrassed every kid that he went against as well, you should expect, um, considering he's a borderline five-star talent. But they, every kid out there had their hands full with Thomas Fedoni this weekend. Well, you uh, had a chance to sit down with Thomas, and you know what's the latest, Greg? What's what's his process look like? Uh, it's probably not any different from a visit standpoint because that can't happen. But how's he feeling as as he's, you know, I mean, he's just playing the waiting game right now, and and a lot of coaches are interested where where he's thinking. Yeah, I think there, there were a couple of interesting things that kind of came out of talking to him that, that were kind of new. Like the one thing that, you know, did not change. He's obviously, like you said, is waiting to be able to take his visits. And he wants to see what the NCAA does and what kind of ruling they make about being able to have official visits this season. I think that's the next big thing um, to see for him and his recruitment. Um, but I did think it was really interesting that he said that that top six that he put out a couple months ago has basically changed because there's a couple of those schools um, 
I think he's talking about Penn State and Notre Dame um, that aren't necessarily recruiting him at this point because they picked up other commitments or they just assumed that he was going to go to one school or another, um, which is good if you're Nebraska, um, but not so good if you're those other schools because I'm assuming that's who you know, they would think he was committing to. Um, it's also noteworthy that he talked about how strong of a relationship he has with Coach Beckton. He said that Sean Beckton is the coach that he hears from the most at Nebraska, which is a little bit different than what we've kind of gotten used to hearing over the last little bit because Frost has been so active and we've heard uh, about Shenander so much and Ryan Held so much. Um, and I've, we've talked before a lot about Sean Beckton kind of being a sneaky under-the-radar recruiter for Nebraska who's been in with a lot of these kids from the South, uh, particularly from Georgia and Florida. But it seems like he's really taken the reins with Bodoni, which has really helped too. Um, but I still think that, you know, we're looking at a battle here in my mind of Nebraska – LSU, I was still kind of on the periphery. Um, he said that he wants to take a visit to Michigan as well. Um, and I think that those four teams are, are the real main players. I think his actual quote about Texas was Texas is kind of iffy right now. Um, so we'll kind of see where that goes. But they just picked up another 2021 uh, tight end just today in Gunnar Helm out of Colorado, who Nebraska was also recruited. I was going to ask you, Gunnar was making his announcement today, so – it sounds like uh, Helm is is in it, uh, Bevo Land, but it's the, the the final four kind of feels like this: LSU, Nebraska, Michigan, Iowa. Yeah, that's what it feels like uh, right now to me. And of those four schools, he's only visited Nebraska and Iowa. He's visited them several times each. Um, in fact, he did also say that he didn't necessarily think that he'd take an official visit to either Nebraska or Iowa if official visits are um, allowed because he wants to just be able to make sure he can get out to see those schools that he hasn't seen. And I think that that's the most to do with it is that he just wants to make sure he has time to get those other visits in. And he doesn't think there's really any, any need to spend additional time going to see Nebraska and Iowa for official visits if he has the ability to go see somewhere he hasn't seen yet. Greg Smith's with us. Hale Varsity Radio Recruiting Insider. We're talking the Warren Academy Showcase that happened this weekend in Omaha. And Thomas Fedoni, uh, all eyes on him. Uh, Deshaun Woods, super talented kid. Out of Omaha Central, offensive lineman at tackle is is really nice. Uh, a lot of schools in on him. Where do things stand with him in Nebraska after this? Not, not just after this weekend, but up to date, Greg. And, and what do you think of, of Deshaun? Yeah, first of all, I thought Deshaun um, was one of the nicest kids that I've come across in a long time. Um, he, he could have talked for 10, 15 minutes just about his time at the Omaha Boys and Girls Club. Um, really, really nice kid, and he was a really good player out there um, on Saturday as well. He kind of worked all over the offensive line just because he kind of rotated around. Um, but he's, he mostly plays tackle for his team in Omaha Central. He played well. He did very well at run in the run-blocking drills. I really like him as a run-blocker. Still has a little bit of ways to go with the pass pro. Um, as I've said this about any number of kids at that level, like I think it just takes time in coaching to really develop that. As far as his college choices, he's taking things pretty slow. He's got Power 5 offers. Um, Nebraska, Florida, Missouri, Iowa State um, are, are after him. But he said that the teams that he hears from the most is Nebraska, Missouri, and Iowa State at this point. Um, he really likes the relationship with Greg Austin, the offensive line coach at Nebraska, and says he really talked about how Greg Austin coming back to his alma mater and really taking pride in the school that he played at to come back and coach at has really made an impression on him. Um, so I definitely think Nebraska's in a good position for Deshaun Woods right now. Kid that's just south of town, uh, tight end uh, out of Norris is James Carney. And 
you've known about him a little bit. You've talked to us about Carney before, but give us a thought as as to maybe what what happened this weekend for Carney. Because yeah, it's the Fedoni show at tight end, but it seems like there's a hundred other tight ends, and I might have exaggerated that number a bit. But you've got a lot of kids that are six four, six five, six six that can just move in the state, don't you? Yeah, you're reading my mind because that's what my notebook tonight is about. About like it's essentially a gold mine right now for tight ends, and I think that we we talk a lot about Thomas Bedoni for good reason, but also about AJ Rollins out of Creighton Prep, and I think that James Carney um, kind of gets forgotten about, but that's good, not going to be the case anymore after this weekend. So he measured in at six foot five, two hundred and twenty pounds, which is about twenty five more pounds since the last time that I saw him. He also happened to run a four six forty. Um, which was the fastest among tight ends, including Thomas Bedoni. Um, I think he had like a 32-and-a-half-inch vertical jump as well. Um, he tested very well. He also had good hands out there running routes and ran good routes. Um, I think he's a kid that's going to garner some real Power 5 attention coming up here soon. I think Nebraska will continue to stay in contact with him, um, but it wouldn't surprise me at all at this point if Nebraska went ahead and pulled the trigger um, with an offer. So it's going to get interesting with what happens with those two tight ends spots for Nebraska. Obviously, Fedoni is number one far and away, um, and they'll hold a spot for him no matter what. Um, but James Carney out of Norris is definitely making things interesting. Well, you, you mentioned Carney and, and Rollins, I mean, both in-state kids, and then Fedoni. And with with Carney, I know he's he's got a verbal to, to Miami of Ohio, 14 total offers. Uh, you got Solich in Ohio and Colorado State. The attention he's getting, and, and I think your your insight says what K State, Virginia Tech, Nebraska, and Pitt. What, what uh, if if Nebraska had to choose, do they just take the first yes between Rollins and Carney for twenty twenty one, or is it that simple? That's where it's going to get tricky because I at this point I would probably say they would want Rollins. To, to give him the opportunity to say yes because they've been recruiting him so hard and for so long. Um, remember, that offer went out a while back, mm-hmm. uh, over a year ago um, at their camp now um, on campus. So I, they've liked him for a long time. So I think that he will have a shot to be in the class if he wants that. Um, but it, it would not be all that wise for him to continue to drag this out given the emergence of Carney. Um, and you did mention ahead of time about kind of what's happening in the future as well as two other guys were at that camp or three guys, actually, for the 2022 class in the area. Des Moines tight end, um, Eli Raritan, mm-hmm. um, was about 6'4", 6'5", also in that 250 and 220 range. Uh, Micah Riley was at the camp. Caden Helms was at the camp as well. You've got a number of really good tight end prospects coming down the pipe here in this area. Greg Smith's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Greg, other than Fedoni, who do you think the top performers were at the Warren Academy on Saturday? Man, I, I, I think that James Carney, obviously, that we've been talking about, has to, has to be mentioned. Um, I think Sam Scott, the inside linebacker out of Omaha North, really turned heads. Uh, Makai Nelson-Douglas, the linebacker um, out of Elkhorn South, was also a guy. We mentioned Deshaun Woods. Um, there was some, some really nice players. Isaac Zatica, um, also from Elkhorn South. Um, start, he got another uh, D2 offer uh, coming out of the camp as well. Um, there were a number of guys that I think that really helped their stock, and it was great for them to have that opportunity to be able to put, go out there and show just where their games have improved and how much their bodies have grown um, so that they could continue to get college looks. They just haven't had the opportunity. Nebraska got three commits last week, three defensive backs, uh, Joseph on, on Friday, 
and a couple other kids from SEC country said yes to, to Nebraska. What's this week look like, Greg? Uh, and spots are filling up. Yeah, they definitely are, um, and I don't. I think this week maybe I say this, and then of course everything's going to blow up. Um, but maybe it's a little bit slower this week um, as you're starting to see. It, it has been fast and furious with commitments, um, and I guess today there have been a number of commitments around the country. But I think it'll slow down a little bit for Nebraska here. Um, if there's still a couple of spots like we've been talking about, tight end, defensive end, defensive line um, is another one where they don't have a commitment yet. Nebraska would love to get on the board. Um, in one of those spots, but I think that it'll be quiet here for, for the next week or so uh, for Nebraska on the commitment front. Give me a thought here, less than a minute. Um, who are you hearing good things about as far as maybe leading Nebraska from those prospects they like on the defensive line? Yeah, I think a kid that I'll have more from during this week is uh, Mandela Tobin, um, a really good kid out out in California, um, who who told me earlier, and I haven't written it out yet, but has told me um, that he might want to see something different outside of California. That maybe you know, sunshine all the time and beautiful beaches in San Diego, um, but he might need a change of pace from that. Which I thought was one of the funnier quotes that I've why, had. Why wouldn't in a while? <laughs> right? Why wouldn't you want to get away from the beautiful beaches? Um, but he was a great kid. He had a really a lot of great things to say about his recruiting process and exactly what he's looking for on the trail. Um, and he's built a real nice relationship with Nebraska staff, uh, kind of led by Eric Chenander on that one. He said he hears from Chenander and Ryan Held, um, and then to Yodi and Frost uh, on quite a regular basis. Greg Smith, get in touch with Greg. Do so on Twitter at GregSmithHV. Read him with HailVarsity.com. Get the subscription, the uh, premium content. It don't cost you much. You'll love it. Greg, great work with the Ward Academy. Uh, coverage of the uh, showcase, you and Dr. Petey. We'll uh, get caught up later in the week. Thanks for a few minutes today. Yeah, have a good week, guys. All right, there he is. Greg Smith, good stuff from him in the uh, Warren Showcase. Levante David News coming up. Hail Varsity continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good to have you in on a Monday. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. So the uh, top 100 out from the NFL Network and Levante David making a return to the top 100 for the first time after a four-year absence. He was all pro in, in 2016 and he's been a couple Pro Bowl guy, Pro Bowl times as an alternate, but he was uh, number 35 back in 2014, came in number 53 at 2016, and it was interesting. These dropped, I think, in early June, like the top 50 came out or whatever the, the, the variation was, like 35 through 20, and it was the day that Levante came on with us. I'm like, hey, by the way, you're, you're number 35. And he was like pretty speechless about it. He was pretty overwhelmed. Is there a guy that you feel gets less respect? He does from Nebraska fans. Yes, he does in this state. And folks who watch football, peers of his in the NFL, I mean, if, if it came down to a, a peer contest, Levante David's up there in in Hall of Fame discussion. And I think he will be. But when it comes to 
the the awards and the accolades, Levante David is a guy that has been hosed and hosed and hosed because of who he's played for. How many times do you see Tampa on TV? Twice, maybe. I mean, they're they're on in their market, but I'm talking national game. Many times you've seen Tampa Bay as a national game. Maybe you'll see him against New Orleans. Maybe against Carolina. Better yet, what's their playoff been like? I mean, they've had turnover after turnover after turnover with with coaching. First, and secondly, it's been him and Gerald McCoy. And, and that's it. And whoever, and Jameis. Jameis throwing the football to the other team. <laughs> I, I feel, you know what, I hope when, when Levante's career is all said and done, that the dude gets all sorts of recognition and he finds his way into Canton because he's been that good. In my opinion, Levante is the best sideline to sideline linebacker in the NFL. Period. 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 No ifs, ands, or buts. Luke, and, Ke- Luke Keekley was close and Luke Keekley well, was playing. I mean, like, he was in the same spot Luke Keekley played. And Luke Keekley went to the Pro Bowl every every year. He was in the same division as Luke Keekley, and he had two of the best there. And, and Keekley's phenomenal. But you look at the stats, and Will Compton's put this up on Twitter more times than I can count. If you look at stats and impact and forced turnovers and interceptions and sacks and tackles for loss, splash impact, momentum-changing plays, it isn't even a contest. Yeah, Keekley's got Levante beat in total tackles. I know Keekley's retired. But you look at Wagner, you look at Keekley, you look at Levante, and Levante blows him out of the water. I mean— the period the, the, the stat which is crazy to me um which is on the busting with the boys episode with levante i've talked about it a few times but i listened to it again yesterday and the stat which is crazy is levante david's already in the top 25 in nfl history in tackles for loss since they started recording that as a stat <laughs> which i believe was in the 80s they started recording that stat when you started getting sacks yeah, yeah. Yep. And, which is just it's wild he's already in the top 25 and he, i mean he's been in the nfl for eight years now which means he's still got probably three, four years left. I think he just turned 30. I mean, Luke Keekley and him came in the same year. Luke Keekley is now retired, and everyone said, oh, Luke Keekley retired early. So Levante's still got a few years left, and he's still got a few years as most likely the top inside backer in the NFL. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get this window of showcase. You're going to get national exposure. And, like, Levante's done more national media. I mean, he's done more hits on the NFL Network or he'll be on with Rome or, or he'll do a national interview or two, okay? And, and he's always good when we ask him to come on with us. I mean, he's on once a year, usually, with us. And I'm like, but when it's said and done, the fact that you got Gronk Nation, you've got Tom Brady, You've got B.A. as your head coach now, and you still have Sue down there. I mean, I you're going to see, because of the Brady factor, you're going to probably see four or five national games with Tampa, thankfully. And it took Brady coming to town for that to happen, but you got one of the best that there has ever been in Levante David down there for a little shy of a decade. And... Man, the accolades, again, his peers, 
the people that play ball in the NFL will be like, dude, there's very few better than him where he plays. And he does it all. He'll get after the quarterback. He'll, he'll stop a ball carrier behind the line. He'll get sideline to sideline. He's a beast in coverage. I mean, he can he can cover receivers. Well, yeah, I, not many middle backers in the NFL. Their job is to recover is to cover receivers. Well, th- and think about lo- what Levante's been able to transition to do. I mean, he's kind of your tweener, right, from a size standpoint. And a lot of times, those dudes are safeties. He was able to play and hold up in Big Ten play and kill it for two years. Put on a little bit of weight, but keep his speed in the NFL. And from a from a coverage and a TFL standpoint, and just being incredible, he is awesome. And I mean, I loved every second of watching him play at Nebraska. One of my favorite people, honestly. But his play speaks for itself. So I'm not worried about the Hall of Fame side of things. Yeah, he, he's not one to beat his own drum or two. No, own he's horn. a quiet guy. And, he's, a, and, he's a quiet guy, and that's why he's gotten those those Pro Bowl snubs. But his peers know he's ha- he has more All Pro selections than Pro Bowl selections. If that. I know he's like at four and he's down to like two right for Pro Bowl Uh, only alternates he doesn't have a single Pro Bowl like actual selection yeah but the all pro thing and he may he just made like an all decade team at linebacker Mm -hmm. so good on Levante for making the top 100 again but he has been as good as there is in the NFL for a long long time and I'm anxious to see him team you know I tried to catch a couple of Tampa games last year We'd go to a water and hole that had the the league pass thing going, so Tampa'd be on. But now you're gonna be able to catch them probably Thursday and Sunday night and Monday night, and it just took Brady coming to town. But it's pretty cool. We'll have to 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 reach out to Levante and check in with him. It'd be nice to find a Levante on the defensive side of the ball for Nebraska again. Yeah, and that's what uh, and Sue, while we're while we're asking. Yeah, when Levante right, got a Nebraska that, fan, and when he got that hundred spot, I went and watched his highlights in Nebraska again and said, "Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you have a guy like Levante Dave on your defense, you're going to be a, a lot better uh, than what we've seen the past couple of years." But that's what Nebraska's defense has been lacking: is some guy that the offense has to go whenever they're game planning for Nebraska and say, "If we don't take care of this guy, we're screwed." And you may, like, get in front of him, but guess what? The other 10 are going to eat. Exactly. It was the, it's the same as the Sue and Crick thing is. Whenever you got one guy, you got a circle, it opens up opportunities for the other defense. Well, Crick was guys. really, really good himself, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong, but Sue next to him really opened things up for Crick. That was, that was such a fun defensive line. So you, you have uh, Oklahoma forging forward with their college football schedule. Uh, not out in its entirety, but they are moving up their opener to August 29th. Uh, we'll wind down hour one. I think the reaction right now for COVID and MLB is to see how it's dealt with. If you're college football, keep your eyes open. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Coming up, Charlie McBride, about 10 minutes away. Mr. Blackshirt, Mondays with Charlie. We'll get coach's take on. Football moving forward. That's hopefully happening. We'll see what happens with Major League Baseball and their response. Uh, reminder about West Blue Realty. Are you moving in 2020? It's been about three years since we moved. And had I been smart, I would have called West Blue Realty. And if we move again, guess where I'm dialing? West Blue Realty. WestBlueRealty.com. Tom Luby. Kelly Hofschneider. They are incredible. Give Tom a shout at 
3768 or Kelly Hofschneider can give Kelly a call at 402-202-2312. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. They'll make this move a smooth one for you. And when you mention Hale Varsity, can uh, get uh, up to $1,000 off the closing of your next home purchase. Do you have ag land? Someday I'd like to have agricultural land. Maybe I'll give West Blue a ring. They can set me up with some. But if you're looking to move some of yours, they are experienced in selling agricultural land. They've got auctioneers. They have uh, live auctions they can handle, seal bids, and, of course, land listings, general land listings. So uh, they have sold land in Nebraska in Oto, Seward, Lancaster counties. They are here for you. Again, log on, uh, westbluerealty.com, or make an appointment with West Blue. Go see Kelly or Tom, uh, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. So we'll dive further into the adventure of Elijah Herbal. But you were in Colorado for four days. You've had your temperature taken. You're fine to be back. You're not coughing or sneezing on any of us. But how was Colorado? Uh, it was good. I made sure to wear a mask every single time I was out in public, which wasn't very often. Did you buy often. a donkey's mask? Uh, I did not, know, But I got this cool hat I'm wearing now. Um, Let me see it. It's a Denver one. It's got pink Broncos on the back. Okay, so it's got the old D with, uh, what was it, Traveler the Horse? Yeah. Uh, is that it? Yeah. yeah. That's what Ron Burgundy told us, blowing uh, steam out of its nostrils. You know, but we were doing a whole bunch of, uh, of work for my for my grandma, mm. and uh, one of the things she wanted was to get the garage cleaned out just a little bit. Uh, so we were up in like the, the top space of the garage, and we found just uh, probably 150 of my grandpa's old hats up oh, there. Oh, really? Yeah, so I just got to go through all those. And uh, he was a, a hat guy, and I, sure. I, I didn't My grandpa Hunt was a huge hat guy as well. Yeah. I could never fit into any of his, but... Yeah, I mean, he had he had a hat for every day of the week. Is oh, that yeah. what your grandpa was? I mean, he had hats from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and just every single place he'd ever taken a trip cool to. How many cool old school trucker hats did he have? Tons, because he was an old school trucker. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, so my, my grandpa used to go deliver uh, like concrete and tum- lumber and everything uh-huh. all across uh, Colorado. Okay. So, uh, yeah, tons of trucker hats, just got to go. Did you keep any of them? Oh, yeah, I brought it home about seven. Well, we got to do a, a photo shoot for Elijah's trucker hat of the day. Well, that, that, the thing is, is we only made it through like half the hats. Oh. And I still brought home seven. So next time I'm out there, I got to go through the, the, the whole bo- all the boxes again. No, your donkey's hat, if there is such a thing, it's cool. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the old school trucker hats rock. My uh, yeah, the, the my my grandpa had a uh, like the like the Ozzy Smith pre MLB emblem on the back of the the, mm-hmm. the fitted hat, St. Louis hat, like Ooh. red with the white. It was really cool. Yeah, but other than the hats, just too much political talk, and um, ready to be away from that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know how those uh, those family get-togethers get. Yeah, you get in the car, mock, yeah, ing, yeah. Let's sing along. All right, uh, Coach McBride's on the way. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out into Hour 2 Monday. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Elijah's back from 
Colorado with a slew of new hats. You got to get uh, some of those pictures. It, it is that time. It's a little bit after five on a Monday. Mondays with Charlie. Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, joins us. Coach, how was the weekend? Good to talk to you. Well, it's good. I kind of, we just kind of hung out and cleaned up at my kids left, some of my kids left Friday. And so we kind of, I know my wife was doing a lot of laundry and cleaning sheets and, <laughs> you know, we were cleaning up afterwards. So it was kind of a slow weekend, but weather was hot yeah. when we went outside and it was, uh, of course, the humidity is crazy, but you know, it was it was a great weekend. Well, that's that's good to hear. It was it was all sorts of sticky and muggy and yucky, and it's uh, it's football camp season. You know that, right? With uh, the uh, the humidity cranking yeah. up. How did did did, uh, did it bother you when you were coaching all of that heat and humidity, or did did it kind of lather you yeah. up and get you going? Well, do you, do you know that have you? If you've gone out to dinner and, and ate, a, ate a steak or had a meal that you'll never forget. Yeah, I I, you know, I try to do that, you know, once a month, man. <laughs> well, we did about, I don't know how many days of 107 plus humidity was oh. out of sight and practiced right in the middle of it. And I mean, it was like we were like a bunch of turtles. I mean, it really took, we had guys laying on the table in there and, you know, had, were dehydrated and, and it, when it happened so fast and we were, you know, it was, it, it was, it was really, really a tough, tough thing. And I remember, uh, you know, I remember that whole thing and, you know, we did it, we got, you know, believe it or not, we got a lot of work done, but it was, you know, it was all teaching stuff, which was good. Uh, and uh, there wasn't a whole lot of teamwork. We had some, but, you know, it was cut down a little bit. So most of it was pretty much fundamental. And it was, those are the, those are the fun things, at least for me it was, because that's what you're in the game for is to teach the game. So it was, uh, you know, it was okay, but it was miserable. <laughs> it was It was really bad. And every time I go into the, doctor to get something cut out on me some kind of something they'd cut off my face or their arms or something mm. i kept thinking of that day you know going out there and standing in the sun and the heat and yeah being, and before that being at arizona state where you know you thought you were young and you just stood out there and fried yeah a <laughs> couple of couple of stops where sunshine was all over you um with with that uh, that temp, did did the did the elements help kind of make the team tougher? Would you say? I mean, when you think back to the camps and the and the the summer sessions that the kids did the work, uh, and then you guys got them because you know mini camps going on right now, and it's just some walk through stuff, and at least there can be coach contact, which is good. But do you think that helped shape? kind of Nebraska's yeah. reputation as a tough, tough mm-hmm. football team? Well, I know I know that, you know, for example, we played Arizona State one time, and of course I was out there, so I know all the tricks. And We were going to play a Saturday night game, 
and they changed it to a 2 o'clock afternoon game. So I knew, you know, it was going to be over well over 100. Mm-hmm. So I knew what their trick was. And um, we really, I think through those days, after we had that real, real 107, 108 degree high humidity days where we really, our guys really learned how important to be hydrated was. And we were out there and we were, we had practiced in, in the, actually in the Devaney Center. No, not the Devaney Center, into the, what, you know, the first one, the first Cook, indoor Cook pavilion. Cook Pavilion. And yeah, we were in there and we had the heat turned up and we had, I mean, it was hot. And uh, we went down there and uh, we were the only team that didn't get cramps. Ah. I mean, it was crazy. They were laying all over the place, <laughs> and it was they were carrying people out of the stands. Yeah, and it was horrible. I mean, you know, we won. I mean, it was a, it wasn't even a game as it as it ended up, but uh, uh, you know, we won the game. But it, it was tough on the fans. I couldn't believe it that they did that. And I, if that the purpose of it was to get us in the heat and pour the coals to us. I think it turned around the other way, and we poured the calls to them. And plus, a lot of the people didn't do so good as far as being in the heat. Charlie McBride's with us. Hail Varsity Radio Mondays with Charlie, Coach. Uh, a thought on uh, your one of you, the kids you recruited and, and played for you, uh, Steve Warren, who one of your guys on the defensive line. Steve's doing a great job in in Omaha and around the the state of Nebraska with his. Well, with his outreach with the Dream Foundation, but he's also doing a wonderful job training kids with his Warren Academy. And he had a showcase this weekend with a lot of the, the, the regional prospects where they were able to, to go play some football. It wasn't padded, of course, and it was very cautious when it comes to health and safety. I mean, Steve knocked that out of the park, but just wanted your reaction with what Steve's doing and Oh. And all the things he's got going, especially with the academy. Well, Steve cares, you know, about kids. He always did. He mm-hmm. was, you know, he was he was a guy that cared about his teammates, and he cared about, you know, everybody around him. He was a great leader, and uh, you know, he didn't have to holler and scream and do all that stuff. He, you know, he just tell you what day what day it was and. And a guy you love to play with, number one. You love to coach. I mean, you know, he was, you know, if you had a bunch of guys like him, you don't have to worry about winning a national championship. You're going to you're, you're be around there every year. And um, he, he was a, he's the kind of guy you know works well with, with kids. Now, I did, you know, I didn't, I didn't see him. I just know his personality. Right. I know how he treats his own children, and I know good thoughtful person he is and i think that's the one of the, one of the things about steve he was you know he was always thinking about the other guy and um i think that's probably why he does such a good job yeah. and i know fundamentally i know he knows what he's doing and you know and it's you know you just he's the kind of kid that those players that he worked with him in that program will will cherish for his 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 help forever. I mean, uh, not only as a football player, but as a person. 
Coach, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on baseball and how it may affect football. You've got this, the COVID outbreak uh, with, the, with the Miami Marlins. Uh, that has affected uh, the Yankees. That's affected Philly. And does this give you worry about having a college football season based on what, what happened with Major League Baseball today? Yeah, I don't know, but I, I, baseball players are loose. Yeah. <laughs> These guys, after the game's over, they, they're, they're, they like to have fun. I mean, they, they're, they're a different breed of cat. Yeah. But you know, you don't know what you don't know what was going on around after. I mean, I'm not saying. I mean, were they out? Right, you know, right. at a place that was old. You know, I, I, I'm not talking about running with women or any of that stuff. I mean. You know, just going out and having some dinners and doing some stuff, and um, which is normal. And but you know, caught up in some of those places where there's been a lot of people in there and strange things and stuff. You know, then I know in football, some of the young guys like to go to those strip joints and mm-hmm. do all that stuff. That's got to be the worst deal going. You know, <laughs> you know, it just it isn't the game and and if you take part in all that stuff then you you're asking for trouble one way or the other and in this case you know you don't know how it how it got started because they had a, they had to run across something that uh hadn't been run across before mm-hmm. i mean in other words they they were safe before they got there and and so on and so forth so you have to backtrack to see what happens and you know, sometimes they'll 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 say, but the way they've been testing everybody that you know that, that possibly could have it, you would think that they would know that. So it's got to come from somewhere else. I would think. Well, the thing that and, that blew my mind is the fact that all right, Sunday the Marlins knew that their starting pitcher tested positive for COVID, and another guy didn't feel great so you had all these these pending tests and the marlins voted to go play the game anyway uh, did they play anyway they were yeah the, the shortstop the shortstop sent a group text out to his teammates and said hey do you guys want to play ball today and everyone's like yep let's go play ball so they went and played despite well number that's, of, see, that's part of the yeah, I I, I watched Detroit being here. They're yeah. on they're on when they play, and uh, I I can't I really I, you know I wasn't watching and paying a whole lot of I was just kind of watching the game and one of the players called in and said I don't feel good right. and uh, didn't didn't show up and and didn't come and they didn't want him to come right you know they thought how smart that was you know if you get somebody that. You know, you, it, it's always that factor when you're young. You want to be the tough guy. Mm. You know, and and sometimes it, it, it with that virus, that doesn't that tough guy stuff doesn't work. You know, you got to think about others and and really take care of yourself. By that, you're taking care of everybody else. Mm-hmm. If you take care of yourself. And I think that uh, you know, there's some guys that like this that. Hey, you know, let's go do it anyway, and all this stuff, and pretty soon that's not doesn't work, and it doesn't work for everybody else, and pretty soon they say, hey, we got to call everything off, right. and, and 
you know, that's what hurts. I hope it doesn't happen that way for, for football, and I hope things oh, resume yeah. and people are safe and healthy and okay for for baseball. Coach, I've got a couple of minutes left, and, and I enjoyed hearing Coach Greg Austin this last week talk about the offensive line and uh, just a lot of the options Nebraska has, not only with, mm-hmm. you know, Jurgens for a second year at center, but uh, you've got Hymas at tackle, they, they, and then probably Farniak in at guard, and there's going to be a battle for the uh, the tackle spot, the right tackle spot. A young kid uh, could could uh, make some waves, and then that left guard spot's up for grabs. Are you pretty excited about the offensive line potential for 2020? Yeah, if they're in shape. I think, I, I think <laughs> they know, are. I mean, uh, you know, well, you know, a lot of times size isn't the thing. It's your athletic ability and how have you improved your foot quickness and how have you improved their speed and have you taken off some of that, you know, body fat and put on, put on muscle. And, um, you know, a lot of times you can tell by their, you know, their, their body fat index and, um, you know, that helps a little bit. But I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, I, I think that being able to run better, uh, being in shape, uh, you know, is really important. I, I know Coach Osborne was always a really, we ran every day, almost almost every day after practice, um, you know, and uh, we called them gassers. But, you know, we ran them. And if you didn't run them, you just ran another one. I mean, instead, you added one on to it. Mm. And so... You know, everybody was pushing it, and um, you know, and, and of course, if you did, if you were the guy that made a run again, it wasn't a good idea to be around <laughs> around some of those guys. But uh, I bet <laughs> it, it's you know, it's uh, it, it's one of those things that I think is important. You know, I mean, a lot of times, you know, you can you can look at bodies and they all look big and strong, and they look this and that, and then. And, you know, I've always said that we had kids that came into Colorado that looked like Tarzan, played like Jane. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you've got to have something in your body. you got to have some way with those five guys, or ten, mm-hmm. really, maybe twelve guys, you have to have some real comradeship. And you have to really work together. And you have to, you, you can't have any hard feelings if you think you're a first teamer and you're a second you can't mope around and do stuff you gotta that that's you can't do it and you you're part of this team and you in two seconds you may be the starter so you don't know you know you you go after it and they hung out together after word practice they hung out together you know i studying at night they did, they did a lot of things together and i think that's that's important and i especially offensive mm-hmm. linemen have always been that way charlie mcbride's with us mondays with charlie always get caught up with coach shortly after five coach you stay healthy and safe and stay in that air conditioning all right i will i was painting today hiding out in my little shed painting, <laughs> painting cabinets so i don't know if anybody got me today no, well, good, 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 good. Keep on painting, and we'll talk next Monday, okay? Okay, I'll talk to you next week. All right, Thanks take care, Coach. I right, appreciate okay, you. That's funny to hear him say, yeah, if you made the other guys, uh, if you ran an extra gasser because someone wasn't running, it wasn't a great idea to be around. Well, it's some NFL ideas when it comes to COVID. That's on the way with Hale Varsity.
Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Coach McBride. He missed that or just got part of it. It'll be uh, posted up on ESPNLincoln.com, Mondays with Charlie. The uh, full sit-down, got into some offensive line. And uh, the summer heat, getting conditioned for that. And uh, good thoughts on the offensive line by Coach McBride. Can join us. Open phone, still 646-377-6800-825-5865. And find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So your knee jerk to MLB is what? Do you think they shut down? Do you think they fight through this? Do you think they refocus and get more cautious and then bigger picture as we zoom out nba isn't going anywhere right nba was the first to kind of put a bubble together they are going to play the season and they've been pretty proactive with testing they were the first league to get private tests and and lab deals done so nba is going to tip off thursday and friday and get rolling that way College football's next on the docket. That's a concern. Do you worry about Major League Baseball and the effect it'll have on some of those college football decision makers? Not the coaches or the conference commissioners, but maybe the university presidents and chancellors, those folks that are very, very conservative with risks. And I get it because the difference we have with when we talk NFL, when we talk Major League Baseball, when we talk NHL, when we talk all these pro sports is the pro part of it. You've got college football that makes a ton of money off amateurs. And that is a liability fight. That is a concern. I hope there's not a knee jerk. uh, We better cancel it because major league baseball was stupid and had brutal protocols in the 113 page manifesto. They didn't have a, well, Hey, if you're, Waiting on a pending test, don't play. Right? That was that was not in the 113 pages. They also didn't do a a bubble. And college football programs have done bubbles. You've got the NFL that doesn't have a bubble, and they're probably rethinking that. And can you trust adults to be adults? Is my question is my question. And I, I want to find out how the Marlins contracted this. Did they just get popped with it when they were traveling? Was somebody out, hanging out? Were they in contact with outside people? Or did the virus just find them? I mean, I kind of want to know the how on this. And, and you got to assume that they're going to figure it out. I mean, have you seen what the NFL's doing? Yeah, we're going to get into that in a second. They have the wristband, so I'll, I'll let that go. But the the big problem lies, and I don't think the MLB is going to be able to play if you have contact and you're, you're getting COVID from other teams. If the Marlins were to spread to the Phillies, that seems like it'd be instant shutdown. Well, and, and who knows how many Phillies players are going to test positive. Or, or if any, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you see a lot of players, whenever they get runner on first, the first baseman throws his mask up. Whenever Puts he, his mask up, and they and they... The homeboy for the Cubs had a 
bottle of sanitizer in his yeah. back pocket. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo, that was yeah, hilarious. Rizzo, it's like he wants he wants some uh, some sanitizer. Sure, why not? And it seemed like a joke at the time, but maybe it's not the worst no, idea in the world. It's not. It's outstanding. I mean, to have your own hand sanitizer and be able to throw your mask up. I mean, baseball is one of the sports you think that you should be able to socially distance in the sport and be okay. So if they're not spreading team to team, I don't think you're going to have issues. But now the issue lies in that, well, our player is going to want to start opting out now. Our player is going to say, we don't want to finish this season because if one team's got COVID, other team's going to start catching COVID. And I think the MLB is going to want to play as long as they can, as long as the teams aren't spreading among themselves. But Well, the other side of this is with, with football and with college ball, you can see what to do and what not to do from Major League Baseball. So you're going to have interruptions in college football. It's going to happen. How do you handle it? What's your preparation like? What's your testing like? What's your commitment level like from your team and your coaches to, to not interact with folks outside of your little happy place so you can stay healthy and COVID-free or at least keep things contained? And it's going to be... I, I personally believe at the moment we're on pace to have a start a college football season of some sort. I think so too. It's going to be, there's going to be positive tests. There's going to be teams that are going to have to shut down their season. Is, is the NCAA going to have a knee jerk reaction? It seems like as of right now, baseball isn't having a knee jerk reaction. They're not shutting stuff down yet. This is, well, and it's going to be, it's going to be the league of the Big Ten and the other Power Five and the other group of five. It's going to be their conference commissioners chatting with everyone that that goes to work in a sport coat and a tie, the academic side. And there's going to be feedback and interaction from coaches and athletic directors. I mean, that's, that's your triangle right now. Conference commissioner, academia, athletics. Okay. And that's 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 the merry-go-round we're on. And Michigan State, listen, they had some folks test positive, some trainers test positive. They're in a 14-day quarantine. Same with Rutgers. So their their cautious response once that happened was to shut her down, regroup, get healthy, then start back up. Well. Other programs have kept on practicing or working. They just have isolated those that have become infected. Let them recover. Let them get back to it and see how they're feeling and pray that they're doing okay. You don't have to shut down if someone tests positive. Yeah, that's the point of masks. That's the point of the precautions. Is that if somebody were to test positive, if everyone's wearing their mask like they should be, the, the spread would be limited. Well, and there's no, there's no mask requirement for Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. So let's talk NFL for a minute. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk reporting that NFL players will be restricted in their outside contact during the NFL season. According to Florio, players could face fines for violating contact protocols beyond the scope of football. So, so per this source with Pro Football Talk, players cannot be present at indoor nightclubs, Indoor bars, except to pick up food. Indoor house parties with 15 or more people. Indoor concerts. Professional sporting events. Indoor church services that allow attendance above 25% capacity. 
So with many of these same restrictions being placed in the NFL cities across the country, players have agreed to limit their contact during the season in order to help limit exposing themselves and their teammates as much as possible. Not only could players uh, face fines, it also it's also if they determine they violated the agreement and test positive, their game checks and future salary considerations could be voided. You know what? The NFL, I mean, the, the joke on, on Roger Goodell is, you know, it's, it's a it's a communist state and he's the uh, he's the dictator. You know, Goodell, Fidel, Fidel, Goodell. He's right with this. Legit. And if I'm an NFL owner, I'm Jerry Jones. I am saying, look, you're not going to be jacking around outside of football. We're paying you. Stay healthy. Don't expose yourself. Don't be reckless. Don't go to the club. Have the wings delivered. All right? And just worry about these 16 weeks. Easier said than done. I get it. But good on the NFL. Do I sound like a tyrant by agreeing with this policy? It's it's a commitment, man. And I know it's a job, but it's also a game and it's fun. And being selfish for two seconds, I want sports. Period. I don't want sports at the expense of lives, but be proactive. Take some precautions. Don't be an idiot and go out and expose yourself and forget to wash your hands or mask up if you're in a place where there's not six feet between you. And some folks can come back at me and say, well, you're going to get it, or I don't want to wear a mask. You know, whatever, dude, you do you. I'm talking about watching football on Thursday, on Sunday, on Monday. Let me have it. Let me have my college football Saturday. And by the way, let mom and pop who've had a bar or restaurant for 50 years and depend on X number of football games down on 10th and Vine, let them keep their livelihoods going as well. That's the other part of this, too. Uh, health and life and death are and family are top pedestal, clearly. But there, as long as things are open and things can stay open and you can be able to navigate and wise with some choices you make and behavior you exhibit, I think we can all live a little bit. It's restricted, but we can we can still live life a little bit. It can maybe be a little bit like normal. And if it's a little bit like normal, that means they'll have, they'll have some sports on, on TV for us. That'll help me stay home and keep a mask on, as if I know, oh, there's sports at home. You were talking about a wristband here. Yeah, help me with that. I know some teams... Uh, I'm not sure if it's is it a universal. punch thing. No, what it is is it's this wristband. It's like a, a tracker on you almost. Oh no, it's house arrest. Kind of, but what's happening is they're using it <laughs> so they only go access the information whenever somebody tests positive, and then you can go uh, through and use that wristband and find the people who may have been exposed or who are more so likely. So it's a contract contact tracing thing. It's a contact tracing thing where if somebody were to get exposed, you can go look and say, oh, uh, we can tell this is most likely the first person who had it. Uh, this was who they, that they were in contact with. These are the people we should now test. Who are you with? Why were you with them? Where were you at? So that, then that goes through. That's players, staff, uh, front office. It's like every member of the organization is going to have one of these, which is it's pretty cool, and it helps. You can keep a season going when you don't have to shut down, when you can say this guy was, wasn't even within six feet of this one guy in the training department who had it. I'd, I'd like to figure out the, the ways to contract COVID and, and how – 
how we already do a, a you know a, a chart on on how X Y and Z contracted COVID. Were you at a party? Were you at a club? Did somebody not sanitize where you were staying? I mean, you've got the other extremes where players in baseball are bringing their own sheets, their own cleaning supplies. I mean, they are very, very cautious with this. But damn it, I want to see my homes play ball. I'm not worried about my homes. I'm not worried about Watson. I'm not worried about a high number of guys. But there are some knuckleheads. If I had Antonio Brown on my team, I'd put a grand down that he's going to contract COVID because he's <laughs> going to be out clubbing. And guess what? The wide receiver room's screwed. And then the rest of your team's hosed. And then everyone's fined and unhappy. Uh, some thoughts on Seattle's big acquisition this weekend. Hail Varsity continues. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Thanks for spending time. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. A lot of NFL stuff this weekend. And uh, we hit some recruiting a little earlier with Greg Smith. Be sure to catch that podcast. It'll be up on ESPN Lincoln. Also, the ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle. Have that uh, 12 minutes with Gregors. You didn't like when I call him that, but uh, it slipped out this time. Greg Smith, good stuff at the uh, get together at the uh, the Warren Academy, the, the showcase with a lot of kids. And Elijah, is there anybody, before we get into this uh, Jamal Adams news, you you did a few camps, right? As a as a player for Southeast, yeah, I did. And can't say Greg Smith ever interviewed me, but no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that, that's okay. We we covered a lot of your games. I remember you playing tackle, and until I got to know you a little bit better, it was yeah, it was a butcher job on my part. Every time Southeast had you starting at left tackle, your hey, last name. I mean, close enough. It's not, it's not like I haven't. It was you. You made the H a silent, correct? Yes. Yeah. Verbal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's come on. That's I've been hearing that since the day I was born. So <laughs> there you go. So I'm used to that one. But anywho, um, and I I wanted. I saw a lot of interviews and I read a lot of Greg's reports, and I wanted to legit. It seemed like the same kid was trying to d up Fedoni in one on ones, and and they had quarterbacks there they had some arms there that were throwing the ball it wasn't necessarily high school kids throwing to high school kids so Fedoni's just a monster that gets in and out of breaks and runs very fast for someone at 6'5 225 and 4'6 was his 40 but he's he's quick it's not just straight line big guy downhill it's guy with moves that size that can make a move, break, get out of his break. He's get, explosive. Get separation and then athletic enough to go up top and make a catch. And they had the same dude that was probably half his size, pretty fluid, good athlete, trying to stick with the tight end. And every dude that's posting video of Fedoni in a pass route, this poor kid's trying to D up Fedoni. It's like, can you uh, get somebody else on him? Or there's there's other highlights where I'm not involved as the victim or posterized here. Well, I mean, he could have been going out there wanting to d up Fedoni. 
it could be one of those things where he wants to get noticed, so he's going to go and make sure that he's matched up with Fedoni every single time. Or he could have just gotten really unlucky with the rotation, and it could just be that Fedoni was just his guy in line, and every single time Fedoni came up, he was also up. Well, so if I had to guess, though, it's probably the first. A lot, there's a lot of guys at those camps who they, they know who the four and the five stars are. Oh, sure. Three stars are, and they, they go pick them out and they say, I want to go prove myself against this guy. No. Yeah, and it doesn't good, work well. good showcase for uh, a lot of the in-state and surrounding talent. Good stuff from Steve Warren. Quick reminder, when it comes to drinking and driving, one out of three fatal crashes involves impaired drivers, drunk, buzzer, high driving, never acceptable law enforcement officers. They're going to work around the clock with sobriety checkpoints and saturation patrols. And to make that correct choice, as a driver, get a non-alcoholic drink or have that pre-selected designated driver. Be smart. Start the conversation. Who's driving home? Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. All right. Jamal Adams does not want to be a Jet for life. He is off to Seattle. We'll see if this transpires into Legion of Boom 2.0. Could you get uh, the the... Big time talent at outside linebacker. Help me out here. Hmm? Free agent got traded. You know he's the Michigan player where he hit the guy in his head. Oh, Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, I was gonna say. Excuse me. I just I had a brain fart freeze. What the hell? I know him. I know him. Clowney. Hmm. Clowney's still kind of shopping for a team. Does he come back to Seattle now that you've got Jamal Adams in that secondary? You still got Wagner. You still got Russell. You still have some beast mode, maybe. You don't have a great offensive line, but you're a 10-11 win football team with a couple of really great players, and now they add Jamal Adams, who, I mean, the guy's been ticked off at the Jets for seven months with his contract. Uh, Seattle, able to package a couple of first-rounders over the next two years to get him. So this is this is your your typical win win, all right. So Jamal moves on to Seattle. People go play well for Seattle, specifically with Carroll, as good of a secondary coach as he is. Uh, you have the Jets who get a couple of first rounders, and then you get paid if you're Jamal Adams. So he did great, and it doesn't hurt that the deal is uh, moving him to Seattle. So and, and when you're looking at Seattle, he's only 24 years old. Seattle's missed on about eight of their last nine first-round picks. Yep. Uh, so I think that's a team recognizing where their faults are, and they are bad at evaluating first-round talent for some reason. So whenever they're giving up two first-round picks, well, that could be two future All-Pro guys, or that could be two guys who are going to be out of the league in three years with their history. <laughs> Here's what Carroll's thinking. You know, boss, uh, I love our scouting department and... You're a smart guy, so, you know, that, that dart you throw at the board of first-rounders every year. Hey, we, we, we love you. Thanks for writing uh, your name on the checks. We're going to blow up our next two first-round picks anyway, typically. I mean, think about how they've done in, in the mid to later rounds. Oh, awesome. They've been great. But when it comes to first-round talent, they have sucked. I mean, their first-round picks over the last uh, eight drafts are LJ Collier, Jermaine Effetti, Rashad Penny, who has been in the league. But if you would have drafted better the first time, you uh, you wouldn't have had to draft Penny again. But, yeah, exactly. But now you're trading away two first-round picks, and you're getting who, is, in my opinion, is the best safety in football at the moment. Jamal think Adams. So? Jamal Adams last season had more tackles for loss than all but three defensive linemen. How did the, the Jets do? Uh, the Jets weren't great, but they were 7-9, and nine, mostly because they had a good defense, and it was mostly because of Jamal Adams. 
when Jamal Adams played linebacker for that team uh, in the first and ten situation, kind of, well, kind the, of the, the 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 Roy Williams rover. Yeah, whenever position. whenever he played in the box, they had a top five rushing defense in the NFL. And then whenever he played safety, I mean, their yards per completion, their yards per attempt all dropped dramatically. He's just a difference maker on that team. And I really don't think that there's a situation where he is not going to be the best safety in football next year. He's only been in the NFL three years. He's still getting better. And now he's p- putting himself in an environment that isn't the Jets. That's fair. And all reports out of New York over the past five years have been that the Jets in their front office is an absolute cluster. I mean, that's, it, that's totally fair. You had the whole story last year with uh, who was that offensive lineman that just signed for the Chiefs? Uh, was it Osemele? Mm-hmm. Uh, where he had to get out of New York because they weren't going to pay for one of his surgeries, which he got an injury playing football. I think it was in training camp. And then they said, we're not going to pay for your surgery. I, that's I have, a cluster of an organization. I, I don't want to even get into just how horrific. Listen, I think Honey Badger's pretty awesome. Honey Badger's great. I'm, I'm not going to. He Top three. It's Jamal Adams, him, and then uh, uh, Earl Thomas. I was going to say Earl's... Earl's going down, Earl's, but... Earl's money. But he's st- still a great player. And that's, I think, your, your probably top three safeties my, in the league. My biggest question with Earl is, did did he have a prenup and did he change the locks? Oh, you mean in Seattle? I'm <laughs> saying you, when he was in Baltimore. Why? Do you remember that story? Oh, I almost forgot about that story. Yeah. How could I forget? <laughs> He's down in Austin, <laughs> right? With his brother? Yeah. <laughs> I said, does he have a prenup and did he change the locks? I know Earl can tackle. I know Earl can cover. No, Earl can have a good time with his brother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. How did I forget about that one? Uh, hey, Uncle Mark. Want to come over? <laughs> we'll uh, say goodbye next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, tomorrow we will check in with Brad Edwards. Wednesday is moving day for Brad, so we're going to bump him up a day. And then uh, longtime Nebraska assistant George Darlington going to be with us. We'll chat with Coach George and uh, maybe a few other surprises. Reminder about Taste of the Rail Yard going to be happening August 8th and August 29th. Taste of the Rail Yard is going to bring together a lot of things you like, which means wine and beer. Different area local breweries and different wineries around the area Going to be down in the rail yard August 8th and August 29th. Taste of the rail yard. And uh, get logged on, therailyard.com, to get your tickets for it. Gets going at uh, 3 o'clock. Going to be music down there. Going to be one-of-a-kind event. There'll be spacing. There'll be sunshine. There'll be distance. So, and music. How about Lemon Fresh Day and Shoot to Thrill? Uh, the 8th is when Lemon Fresh Day will perform. Shoot to Thrills performing the 29th of August. So uh, get Mama and get on down to the rail yard and uh, or some of your buddies. You want some beers? Hey, uh, no one does it better than the Nebraska folks uh, when it comes to local breweries. Taste of the rail yard, the rail So I got an email from from Coach Burt. He wanted me to relive my nine holes yesterday i played with iowa russ and i i have never played so bad in my life 
like legit where I'm losing a ball and I'm topping everything. I had like two solid shots. I don't know if I pulled something <laughs> in my left shoulder area or what. Listen, the, the, the back rub request stopped in high school from my wife. Hey, sweetie, can you rub my back? Go to hell is her response. <laughs> So long and short, I, I'm an old, creaky man, despite my attempts to be more flexible and less fat and nasty. I think the problem was that cold front rolling through yesterday probably, no, probably messed up the I, joints. No, I felt like I was going to melt. It rained, and then it steamed up. Mm. So I, I was I, trying to make a good excuse for no, you. No, I, I need to retire, and I won't do it. Have you considered frolfing instead? What's that? A lot easier on the joints. Frisbee golf. No, dude. As opposed to real golf. It's much easier on the joints. Uh, Bird says drink more. That could also work. Maybe. The frisbee golf thing, you know. No? Don't you have to have dreads to play that? No, you don't. <laughs> Come on. I like frisbee golf occasionally. <laughs> you also have a scary mustache and just spent three days in Colorado. Arrest my case. I, was, I, I didn't even have a good response to that. I mean, yeah. Was, I mean, not, nah. There's not that many guys with mustaches playing frisbee golf. Let's see, they're locked up. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> they are locked up. Where do you got going tonight? Uh, let's see. Frisbee golf? I think my roommate's probably going frisbee golfing. Um, I was thinking about going and taking a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class, but I'm not sure that's the smartest thing with COVID in the air, you know. Um, You're going to just jujitsu the hell out of the uh, COVID? No, it's so if you make any more jokes about my mustache, I can just put you in an armbar or something. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> there are sharp objects in here. I'll be okay. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. Hail Varsity uh, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Thanks to Elijah for coming back. And uh, we'll talk to uh, Coach Darlington tomorrow. See you.